0: Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals, the podcast that allows every therapist, nail tech and stylist to level up, build their career and reach for their dreams. Each week we'll be looking at a different area of the industry and along the way I'll be chatting with salon owners, industry leaders and mentors who'll be sharing their stories on how they achieved their goals and made their successes. I'm Sue Davies, your host, award-winning salon owner and industry professional. Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals. Hello and welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals. We are here this week talking about career pathways and following on um, this little season that I'm going to be doing, where we're going to look at different ways of working and different employment options that we have within our industry. So this week we're going to be looking at mobile, and uh, this is something that is quite close to my heart. It's kind of where my career started, really, and after I qualified initially back in 2002 I used to do nails um, back then and that was the only thing I'd actually qualified in and I used to kind of do that from home a little bit and have friends and family and friends of friends come to the house um, once I got brave enough to do people that I didn't know and then a few people recommended me and I used to go out and do a little bit of mobile and the initial... (laughs) The initial concept was really, yeah, it was a big learning curve and suddenly realising I didn't have half the stuff with me that I needed um, or that, yeah, it was just really awkward working in people's houses without the right equipment. But over the time, I then did my holistics training and myself and one of my fellow students who became a really good friend, Becky, we used to um, have a little business that we used to do on a Thursday, Friday evening called Pamper Time. And that was run as a mobile business. And we used to go out to ladies' houses or to um, different events. I mean, they they could also be um, in businesses as well. I think we did a couple of times. And they basically used to book us. They'd get a group of uh, friends together. And we'd give them a list of treatments that were available. And people would be able to book two or three treatments. We used to do 20-minute or half-hour treatments. And they could book... A treatment or two or three for the evening and it was just a nice opportunity for the ladies to kind of kick back after they'd had a hard week at work and yeah just have a bit of a chill. Through doing these evenings learned very very quickly that kit prep was really really important when working in this kind of environment and my mum love her at used to do a lot of sewing and so she made me some specially designed Big, big bags, um, so that we could stack all our towels in them. So we had like two or three of these bags that were just loaded with towels because obviously we needed to give each of the women that we were working on—they'd all have treat like facials, um, massages, little like um, mini pedicures and stuff. So that we needed to have huge amounts of towels so that we didn't have cross contamination. And and that yeah, that took a lot of, that took a lot of moving around for so many people because sometimes we'd have like ten people. For the evening so you couldn't use the same towels all the time for the same for the different people that were gonna be there. This um also used to involve because we were doing nails, we were doing massage, we were doing facials and the between the two of us we used to take, yeah, two massive kit boxes. Uh there was just so much stuff we used to take with us. But it was it was a really good way of earning money. And it also um honed our craft massively uh, becky had been working as a beauty therapist um probably about a little bit longer than i've been working as a nail tech prior to us doing our holistics course but we had in the end we had our massage so impeccably timed together and we used to give each other little signals across the room of uh, yeah we know we're going to be finishing now so that we'd finish exactly on time we used to have um yeah quite a lot of knowing looks across the room it was uh, an interesting time One of the other things that we used to do quite a lot, and there was quite a team of us that used to work um, doing the the circuits, as we used to kind of refer to it, was doing pamper events at schools. And that, again, is is a different way of mobile working. And I think they still do go on. But back when I first trained, it was, you know, I mean, I could do two or three of those a week. It was mad. But that, again, you know, their opportunities, it was like back-to-back clients all night of of an event and, God, you learn how to master making sure your kit's organised, ready, and that you can just continue going from one person to the next person. It really, really does, as I said, I hate to keep using the word hone your craft, but it really, really does. It makes you appreciate that there is a reason why we have timings in this industry. And if you go off time, then your whole evening just gets completely ruined when you're doing that. I mean, we used to start at seven and we I used to be, every well initially every 20 minutes I would be next client sat down next client sat down next client sat down and in between that time obviously you've got to clear your desk refresh your desk um, sanitize your desk and um, and be ready to start again for the next person so over that time I managed to get my file and paint of a regular polish down to 15 minutes and uh, yeah and still do a good job and it Goodness me, did I perfect my lines. And by the time I was doing this, I did actually also work um, in a salon as well. So it was, it was a, a really big time for me of investing in myself. And although obviously I was, I was earning money, but just investing in pushing myself to become a better technician and a better therapist just by nature of the, the pressure that is applied in those circumstances because you've always got someone else waiting and uh and although that isn't necessarily the classic way of working mobile it did give me a huge huge experience in the field and and I did also do quite a few clients on a, a more regular mobile basis as well where I'd you know just go and do that one client in their home or maybe like the mother and daughter or the husband and wife or whatever to do certain treatments for them and so I do understand fully and i the the requirements of being mobile and what it takes to try and build that business and make it work so there's a little bit of background to kind of my experience in this in this field and um, today we're just going to go through some of the things that you need to consider if you're thinking about going mobile you really really need to have an understanding of what's required and what makes it quite different to the other ways of working within the industry So initially, you are going to be um, a self-employed person. It's most unusual. There are some companies that may employ you, but they're few and far between. And in the main, you will be a self-employed sole trader. Or if you want to, you can become limited. But for most people, that's quite an extreme um, way to work and it isn't necessary. So as a self-employed person, the first thing you're going to need to do is register with HMRC. There's a requirement to do this um, within a few months of you opening and requirements of HMRC are always being updated. So do always check. But it um, usually is three months after you've um, begun trading, you have to have registered. And then your accounts will be due um, in the self-assessment of the year following your full year of trading. But that's where your accountant comes in. I'm not here to advise you on accountancy, Um, just on kind of the ins and outs of what it takes to actually do these roles as a professional that and that's what I'm hoping to be able to offer with the podcast so yeah register with HMRC this means that you are the only person liable for your tax and national insurance and in that theme it also means that if you want to start investing in a pension for yourself that is solely down to you and as I said last week, pension is just so important. And for a long time, it was kind of swept under the carpet. Um, I used to work in pensions many, many years ago. And, um, and I joined the pension industry at a point when company pensions had been disbanded as a legal requirement. And since then, it kind of there hasn't been an emphasis until more recently when company pensions and employee pensions have come back into the foreground and is something that is now compulsory. For employers to do but it hasn't really been emphasised how important it is for self-employed people to do so do look at um, setting up a pension there's many many pension providers out there that can do that and if you are going to be self-employed seriously think about doing it even if you only put 20 pounds a month in you know it's just something for your little nest egg and, uh, and well worth thinking about and taking advice on. So that's like the the serious side of things really and that's and that's a legal obligation. HMRC are there to enforce the law around taxation and there's no point really, you know, if you're going to be working part-time and not doing many hours the chances are you're not going to end up with a tax bill anyway, but just do it just log- to be legitimate. You know, if you want if you want to be seen to be running a professional business then you need to be seen to be running a professional business, and that means that you need to be registered as a business with the government and with HMRC. And we've seen so many times in this last um, couple, or this last year or so, that there's been issues around many, many sole traders um, that aren't actually registered as sole traders, and consequently, they have missed out on so many different support networks that. The government have offered through the pandemic and this is why it's so so important you know none of us knew that the pandemic was coming but if the if many people had actually registered even you know even if you are under the taxable limit register it only takes a short amount of time to do a self-assessment and if you're not earning very much it you know you don't necessarily need to have an accountant there are ways of doing it without having to have those costs involved and just register make sure you do it it seems quite scary, but HMRC are there to help you and guide you through the process, as are many, many accountants. And, you know, there's um, a couple of accountants that are very industry specific that you will find um, floating through many of the industry groups. And I'm hoping over the course of this podcast to invite them on so they can come and talk to you about how that works and what is the best way to do your accounts and make sure that you are running in an in a Efficient tax way, but also that you are operating in a way that is legally um, required. So that, that's, yeah, as I say, that's the serious bit. The next serious bit is you're going to need to check your insurance, okay? So as a sole trader, you will need to have uh, public liability. If you have any people that work alongside you that you employ, you will also need to have employer's liability. Now, employer's liability is a legal requirement. Public liability is still optional, although I don't feel personally that that's the way it should be, because if you have a claim against you and you do not have insurance, they will take your house if in payment if, if it gets that far. And, um, and it's better to have something to protect you. Public liability doesn't cost huge amounts of money and it's something that you really, really need to consider in your business planning. There's lots of different ways that you can get it, but do shop around a little bit. You know, you don't have to have insurance that's tied to a membership. That is not a requirement. The industry does not expect you to do that. Your clients do not expect you to do that. The law does not expect you to do that. And just shop around. You know, there are there's alternatives out there. There are traditional insurance brokers you can go to. I use a traditional insurance broker and they shop around and get me the best deal every year for my salon Um, teaching and public liability and employer liability. And there's lots of different ways of doing it. You don't have to be tied to some of what have become the mainstream insurers in this industry. Look at those by all means, but just make sure that you are checking what you are getting. And as many of us have found out, and I thought I was quite savvy with insurance, but I'd changed providers um, or underwriters recently and, and I had missed out on... Um, the interruption to business and I can't I was gutted absolutely gutted but that's my own fault I didn't do my due diligence so just make sure what you are covered for and remember that the big sums of liability cover you know of being six million pounds you know that isn't the most important thing necessarily and by no means am I in short you know I always have to caveat so much of what I say I'm not an insurance advisor um, but I know my broker has, has said to me you know we don't need to have Six million pounds worth of cover. You know the chances of a case ever costing that uh, is is rare and most most unlikely in our in our in, in our industry. Get my teeth in there. But you know you do need to have cover of maybe a million two million pounds. But just think about what you're getting and speak to somebody that understands what you are being sold. That's the key to it. Always ask questions. The Next thing we're going to look at, we've got, I've got a whole list here of different things that affect mobile. And as a sole trader and the business owner and where the bucks stop, this, the whole um, organisation of your business and how you do things, what you do, becomes your remit and becomes something you have to consider. So you are going to be the person that has to set the pricing structures. And this is something we will come back to in other episodes. But make sure you know your cost per treatment, So you can get that from all of your suppliers should be able to provide you with a cost per treatment for their supplies. Um, But also you need to factor in things like your insurance, your car insurance, the wear and tear on your vehicle. If you don't use a car, but are doing mobile by public transport, you need to factor in your transportation costs. And then you need to factor in a sensible hourly rate. You have done a lot of training, taken a lot of education and in a lot of instances will have experience make sure you are charging for that. You know, you don't want to be earning £8 an hour, or in some cases, I mean, I know we regularly see across forums where people are charging prices that would probably give them way less than minimum wage as their income. You know, you have to factor in, if you want to earn a decent income from working in this industry, it's entirely possible if you are working for yourself, you just have to charge it, and you will then attract the clients that wish to pay the money that you are charging it is quite simply that easy um, you don't have to be cheap to gain clients it isn't about that you know you need to be and I heard this phrase recently that I'd forgotten existed you need to be reassuringly expensive for your clientele and that may be that you charge the top end that is in your town or it might be that you charge the middle end but it depends who your demographic is so you're going to need to look at your pricing. You're also going to need to look at your branding and make a decision on what your business is going to be called and how you're going to um, have colors and themes running through that. What your logo is going to look like. All of that is going to come down to you. And that's actually a really exciting thing to do. I love doing that when I've um, over the years and I've had changes in what I've been doing and I get to sit and play with wordings and Colors and designs and stuff—it's great. And and if you can, maybe even use the services of a graphic designer because they are great to bounce ideas off, and they'll just keep coming back at you with more and more different designs. Um, but do remember that they may charge you for that. And um, but there's—it's always an invaluable thing for me and my my amazing graphic designer who helps me with everything, Diane. Um, yeah is very, very patient with my, my requirements. Um, one of the other things that you're going to be looking at doing is um, you're going to be in charge of what stock you hold and what brands that you use for your clients. So that, again, is like a whole level of research that as an employee, you'd never really need to get that involved in. And so you just need to work out, um, yeah, what kind of level of product you want to use you know do you want to be high-end um you know big brand that everybody knows or would you rather invest in a small business that's just starting up and they've just developed their own skincare or they've just developed their own nail brand or whatever it may be you know think about it do you want to be vegan friendly do you want to be organic do you want to be um you know on trend with every fashion um trend that occurs you know all those things are going to be really important in how you stock your business and what brands and products that you use you'll also be responsible for equipment and all your consumables so things like um, your cotton pads and um, lint-free wipes even down to things like your spatulas you know every time that you use a spatula you've got to keep a mental check of how many more spatulas do I need this week and make sure that you're on top of all the ordering and don't forget that that all comes with a cost, and you need to be able to make sure that in your setting up costs, you've got all of that stuff ready to go. And it can be quite expensive when you first set up and you've got to buy all of your equipment. If you're buying like mobile now desks and um, like now lamps, or if you're buying massage couches, cutting stools, anything like that, all of that stuff is then at your expense. There's no one else that's going to pay for that for you. Um, next, one of the other things that's quite important in The scheme of being a business owner is CPD or continued professional development. And you'll find through this podcast, I'm going to bang on about this so much because it's one of the most important things in our careers. You can't just go to college and do a course and that's it, it's over and done with. You need to continue developing yourself. And, you know, that course that you might have done three years ago or five years ago, and especially at the moment, this is really, really important. The national occupational standards have just changed. They've just been updated in many areas for the first time in years. And so you're going to find that there's now new standard practices that you need to associate yourself with. And you need to get into your head and understand if there's been a change in something that you do. And you can find that you just google national occupational standards you'll be able to find the um, nos as they're called for whatever sector of the industry that you're working in and you can just check to make sure that what you were taught on your courses is still appropriate and whether or not you need to update but cpd is a thing that you just continue and you should be doing this on a yearly basis and it can be as simple as reading a magazine and reading articles and writing a response to an article It can be as simple as attending a seminar when you go to a trade show whenever whenever they start again. But hopefully we're going to get some in this year. Or it can be taking up um, follow up courses. It could be doing a business course. It could be reading a book. It could be anything that you are taking on board new information or updating previously learned information and it's a really really good thing to share that you're doing this with your clients because they understand then that you are keeping yourself current on trend and that you have their best interests at heart to make sure that you are working safely and correctly for the treatments that you're providing that's a really really important factor of being a business owner and I was I can't think where it was now I was saying somewhere recently that I have got, I think there was a post somewhere and they were saying about how they display their certificates in the salon. And I can't actually display my certificates in the salon now because I've just got, I've got too many. And I think someone redid my portfolio for me last year. I had a, a junior, um, like, coming in, doing some work experience. And one of her jobs, she was, she just has to rearrange my portfolio into more folders because I'd run out of space. And I think I'm at something like 92 certificates. And, um, and some of that is career-driven proper qualification um like last year I took my assessor's award which I've been meaning to do for years and years and years and the opportunity arose last year so I finally took it and did my assessor's qualification but there's also things in there like attending seminars there's things in there like um being a judge at a, a competition stuff like that because all of that is CPD and it's all Evidencing that I'm continuing to invest in my career and invest in my business and invest in myself, and that is where CPD comes in and what it is all about. One of the other things that we look at now is, um, yeah, a bit more on the business side again. Is like the accounting side. You know, you are going to need to be able to do a basic level of bookkeeping, and it doesn't need to be anything that t- technical. It may even just be that you file things appropriately for your bookkeeper or for your accountant and make sure that you are keeping your receipts make sure that you are keeping um, a record of what clients you're doing and how much money is coming in so you need to record your income and expenditure if these phrases are phrases that you don't understand then you know let google be your friend you know maybe even you know part of your cpd could be taking a basic bookkeeping course you know That's investing in your business, it's investing in you and it will help you to gain an understanding and an overview in how you need to run your business because you do need to record your income and you do need to record your expenditure and keep evidence, which are the receipts or invoices for any purchases that you make or any regular subscriptions that you have for magazines or for memberships of clubs or anything like that that are related to your business. But accounting is... Yeah, it's the bane of our lives um, if we're busy, because I know for a fact at the moment I've got a whole year's worth to do and I'm not relishing the facts. I have actually now signed up to um, an online accounting program. So a lot of it is done automatically because it's all on. Um, I've got linked bank accounts and stuff. And so there's a lot of mechanisms that are now automated on it, which will make it so much simpler. But I still putting it off. And it's a job yeah, that I'm going to be doing very, very soon because I need to get it sorted out. But, you know, the the Message I'm always telling myself is, yeah, let's just do that. We'll do it every week, you know, on a Saturday night when I finished. You know, I can get all my stuff together on a Sunday. I can put it all on the system. And I've been running my salon, and my well, my salon I've been running for nearly ten years, and I've been running my business for an awful lot longer. And I still tell myself that every new tax year and every new tax year I still do the same thing. So I obviously have got a really bad pattern of behaviour going on there. Okay, so that's probably all the more serious side of, this, of stuff that we need to look at, and um, and the setting up of business. but also you need to think about how you're going to move your kit around. So you need to have a good co- like a, a good size vehicle that you can do. Some girls I know they ha- they've have vans, and um, some people I know even have like a um, like a proper big, like you know have more kind of. Um, Like mobile home kind of size vehicles, and they actually do mobile within that, and they actually take their salon with them, which is amazing. And that's a really expensive way of setting up, but that's just great because you can, especially in today's world, you know, that means you can control the environment and how you're working and how cleanly you're working and what your environment looks like. Whereas obviously you can't do that when you're going to someone's house, but it's a really good way of doing things. The yeah, the other thing we need to think about is about how you're going to move your kit. But, but that also comes into how whether it's going to fit into your vehicle or not. So do think about, you know, if you're driving a little mini, it's going to be quite difficult to get a massage couch in there. So, you know, you may need to consider that you need a vehicle that's going to be able to accommodate your kit. And that kit can be huge. It really does depend on how you wish to work. I can remember when I first started, um, occasionally I would work over, and it's not been unknown for me to work over an ironing board, um, sitting across corners of tables. It really does depend on how you wish to set up. Yeah, I I did eventually... um, by myself little tables that I could move that were foldable and I could work over those, which is much more sensible. And um, and then, yeah, as the years went on, I did get like a mobile nail desk, which I still have in my possession. And uh, yeah, best thing ever was acquiring that from my old boss because it just, it was a lifesaver in so many ways. But but do you think about it, you have to think about what kind of chair you're going to sit on because, you know, they may not have chairs that are suitable. If you're going to be working doing nails or if you want to, you know, if you're a a stylist and you want a cutting stool or whatever, you know, you've really got to think about all of the stuff that you're going to take with you. When I was doing the pamper evenings with my friend, my mum was an avid sewer and she made me these huge bags um, that used to have long shoulder straps on so that we could just throw all the towels in, all neatly folded, of course. Um, But we would put all the towels in and these, we used to have two or three of these big bags and we would go through so many towels over that, over the course of the evening. Um But it, but that towel bag was just so handy. I have still got them even now because I, I can't throw them away really. And um because I always think, oh, they'll come in so handy one day, but they asked, they're still hovering around and they, they were a lifesaver because I could, I could actually have two of those thrown over my shoulders um and still Drag my mobile um, kit on its wheels, and I could still drag my uh, mobile massage couch on its wheels as well. So I could actually get all of my kit moving with those massive towel bags on my back, and it and it worked. It worked for me. But you really do need to think about how you transfer your kit from home into the car, and from the car into the client's house. And also things, you know, you've got to consider whether there's steps in the way, whether you're going to need to get in a lift. Oh, there's there's so many things to consider when you're mobile. One of the things that is really, really important thing to consider when you're mobile is your own personal safety. You are walking into people's houses, into situations that you can't control all the time. There could be kids, animals, um, husbands sitting around, partners sitting around, um, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Neighbours popping in. You can't you really just can't control what happens, you know, like when it's your own business and you've got a venue that you can control, it's so much easier because you can lock the door, shut the door and no one can come in, kind of thing. But when you're in someone's house, really anything can happen and you need to be prepared for those eventualities. And your personal safety is really, really important and you have to and obviously you can't do a risk assessment, um, before you get to a client's house if they're a new client, because you don't know what it's going to look like. So when you walk in, you need to kind of risk assess your situation. And that risk assessment will start at the point that they book, especially if they're a new client. And you need to be clear on the clients that you will take and those that you won't take. And if something is concerning you, and we see this across forums on Facebook all the time, um, especially when people are doing massage and and treatments where someone may be undressed because obviously if it's a if it's a female therapist or professional and they're going into a situation with a lone male then you know there's there is a risk involved and I, I know it seems really really discriminatory but you know and you know a woman could attack you as equally as a man but I do think that you know as women we are we, we have grown up knowing that this risk is real. It is true. I've been on the end of it a few times over the years, not just in this industry. But we have to be aware of our personal safety. So make sure if it's a new male client or an, any client, really, that you don't feel comfortable with when they're talking to you. If they talk to you in a way that is inappropriate, that could be construed as aggressive or threatening or anything like that, you have the right to say no. You don't have to do any clients that you don't choose to. And especially if this is your business, you can say no and not feel guilty. You do not have to feel guilt at all. Your hours, your terms, your business, you make the rules. So you can even, as a a female therapist, you are allowed to say female only clients. You can do that. and don't be, don't be frightened to do that. You know, it is, it is on your terms. And yes, some guys might feel um, put out by that. But there are, there are many, many therapists and many different salons that will happily take clients from every background. And they will not be concerned because they have other people in the building that if there's an inappropriate behavior given by somebody, they've got support and backup there. But when you're working on your own, you don't have that with you. So you need to make sure that you feel safe going into a situation. I'm gonna do a whole, um, a whole episode around safety, but, but just think about how you're booking, when you're booking, where, if people know where you are, and about how you arrive in those situations. And just make sure that you're considering um, at every point, when you go into someone else's house, how you work, and it goes the same even for home salons. I had a situation um, when I had my home salon where I had a guy the whole and the whole situation was just really, really weird around the booking and I just made sure that my sister was present in the house and she was popping in and out so that it, and it, as it turned out, the guy was actually more um, more stressed and nervous than I was in the end through the booking process it was just really really odd and um, and it unsettled me but I made sure I had things in place to make sure that I remained safe and that's all you need to do Um, and you know I'm not saying any of these things to frighten people but it is important you know that we do recognize and we do assess risk because we are putting ourselves into people's homes when we're working mobile and that means that they have a level of control they know where everything is And you don't. And so you just need to be aware and monitor your exits and all that kind of stuff when you walk in. But uh, enough about that. As I say, I'm going to do a whole episode. And I've I've just been thinking as well over the last week or so, because I've been I knew that I was going to be talking about this. And um, and it might be something that I just do like a little mini course on at some point, because I think it would be really, really useful just to kind of go through the process and work out how um, how you can deal with certain situations. So I think really that's probably about all we're going to talk about this week. And um, and just one, the last thing, actually, I'm just looking on my list of things that I wanted to cover um, is marketing. And that's really, really important to what you're going to be doing. You know, how you market your business and how you show your business to the rest of the world is really, really a big, big issue and a big step to take because it's putting your head above the parapet. And whenever you do anything new, that's quite scary, because believe me, when I've been planning to do my, all the stuff I'm, I'm just doing at the moment, you know, it is. even though I've been in industry forever now, it feels like, you know, I'm taking a slightly new pathway and it does feel really strange. And you need to understand that people don't know that you're doing stuff unless you tell them. And that's where marketing comes in and advertising and you need to kind of get your head around how that works. So it's always worth, you know, there's loads of marketing videos and stuff that you can get, loads of um, marketing help and advice in many of the industry groups like Sullen Industry Networking Group with, um, where I'm an admin on Facebook, you know, and there's always loads of people in there that can help you with marketing. Just understanding how to write posts and how to use Instagram effectively, how to use Facebook effectively, whether you need to advertise, how to use um, a Facebook page, how to use your Facebook group, how to use Instagram, how to use LinkedIn. It really does depend on who your target clients are um, and working out who that avatar is, making sure you understand your client demographic and making sure you understand where they hang out, um, you know, putting yourself in mums groups, putting yourself in um You know, even in things like the Women's Institute, you know, that's a great place if you want to secure older clients um, or clients of a certain type. You know, we've had loads of WI clients over the years in the salon and they are they're a very specific um, person that joins the WI. But it's a huge network and you can gain a lot of clients because if one of those if one of the members of the WI in your local area enjoys what you do, they're going to tell the rest of the WI who... You know, and generally they're really uh, they're a great they're actually a really great place to start because you can go and do talks there, and you can go and talk about what treatments you do and how you can help them, and they will talk they they will talk to their families, friends, to the other WI members, and you could gain a lot of business out of it. You know, it's one of those places. It is like you know Mum's Network, but for for ladies that are sort of beyond that. Usually, you know, it's usually ladies that are um, you know they've got grandchildren more so than having their own kids at that point they're at that kind of point in their life where you know I mean it is a real kind of stereotype but they want to make jam and cakes um and they've you know they've got time available they're great people to have on your client list I'm telling you because they mainly they they're ladies that aren't necessarily working all the time and they've usually got available time and available income so they're amazing clients so think about how you market, think about your avatars. This is all stuff we'll come back to over future episodes. But in the meantime, um, I'm going to leave it there. And if you have any questions, I'm going to put some stuff on the show notes as well. But if you do have any questions, do get in touch. You can always um, yeah, get in touch via Facebook. Um, just give us a comment on the end of the podcast, on the comments, and, um, and I'll be able to respond to you. You can also join my group on Facebook, Inspiring Salon Professionals, and there's a really great team. I'm hoping we've got, we're going to have like a really great community on there where people can go in and have a chat. It isn't going to be about where do I get my best lash tint from. It's going to be much more about how do I start my business, how do I develop my career, and there's a huge number of um, friends that I've made over the years that are in there that all kind of know what I'm up to. And they'll be there with more experience, perhaps, than you have currently to be able to help and guide you on your way. So pop over to Facebook, check out the Inspiring Salon Professionals page and group. And um, and I'll see you next week when we will be talking about all things home salon. And this is I, I still miss my home salon so much. And as I'm looking out of my office at the moment, I can see my old building. Um, I had a cabin in my garden for just under five years, I think it was. And the wisteria is just about to bloom. And I and that's the point of the year. I miss it so much. Um, and this is probably the last year I'm going to see it because we're hopefully about to move house. So it's, yeah, this is a bit of a weird one for me because yeah, I'm going to be leaving so many things behind. But onwards and upwards, new journeys coming my way. Lots of different changes going to be happening. See you next week. Thank you so much for sharing time with me again. And don't forget to join us on Facebook and share on your socials. And I'll see you all next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Salon Professionals and if you've enjoyed the podcast please subscribe, leave a review and share with other industry professionals you think may enjoy the show too. For links and further information you'll find those in the show notes or on my website www.suedavies.org. You can also hear more from me and join the Inspiring Salon Professionals community on the Facebook group. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye for now.